Greetings, and welcome to the East Village Times podcast. I'm your host, James Clark, and uh, with me today on our 13th podcast is Patrick Brewer. How are you doing, Patrick? I'm doing good. Just watching uh, Dick Enberg interview Andy Green on uh, Coffee with Dick or whatever it's called. <laughs> Up a coffee with Dick. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff right there. It's, uh, it's nice uh, that uh, Dick Enberg has an opportunity to go out in, uh, in style, if you will, and, and talk to a lot of Padre players and, and Padre personnel. Um, we're excited today. Uh, because we have uh, John Conniff with us from uh, Mad Friars that's going to talk to us uh, about a little bit of a Padre uh, minor leaguers and uh, baseball in general. How are you doing, John? I'm doing good. That's nice. Thank you very much for having me on. No, man, we, we, we love uh, we love everything that you do at Mad Friars, and, and we're big uh, big supporters of you guys, and, and uh, we're happy to have you on. And uh, we, we, we originally, uh, John and I, had planned to have the... Uh, podcast uh on more towards when the top 20 list was uh initially released but things just didn't work out that way but we're happy to have him on now yeah it should uh, be a lot of fun okay john tell us a little bit about mad fires and uh this is your 13th year with mad fires that you guys have been around yeah it was uh, <clears throat> mad fires was started by uh, dennis savage and i came on pretty quick around 2003 and i think somewhere around 2008 or 2009 dennis got a promotion and he had a he has five kids, so it kind of got a little too much from to do. So I kind of took it over, and we have uh, myself. And we have three other writers on the site. We have uh, David J, who serves kind of as an associate editor, and we have uh, Ben Davy and Kevin Charity, and oh, both nice. um, all of us write also for Fox Sports San Diego. We do some work for uh, Baseball America on a freelance basis, and uh, this past year we had some luck in uh, writing some articles for. Uh, the El Paso Times and the San Antonio Express News and the Fort Wayne uh, Journal Gazette. So uh, that's been kind of fun. Yeah, that's good stuff. I know we caught you on uh, Padre Social Hour last year as well with, uh, with Jesse Agler, which was really cool to see you guys uh, get that exposure and, and what you guys, you know, deservingly, uh, you know, you deserve by far. You know, my daughter still gives me a hard time about that because, you know, anytime I talk to her, I have a tendency when I. Uh, try to think I close my eyes a little bit and she'll start and I did that on the Padres social or so she'll start snapping her fingers at me like daddy dad no practice you know get better <laughs> got a way to go on that's good stuff you know let's you know let's, let's get right into it um talk to me about you know let's let's talk about the Kimball trade um you know I know that was tough for a lot of Padre fans uh to the reality of, of losing him but you know the, the Padres got a decent haul in return uh, I know you didn't, you know, you haven't seen uh, the prospects uh, firsthand, but, you know, tell me what you know about, about the four and, uh, you know, what you expect to see from them. Well, the Kimball trade was tough, too, because of not only what they they gave up in Whistler and also what they had to take on in Melvin Upton, but, you know, for moving <laughs> forward, <clears throat> you know, I talked to, some, to a couple of the guys in uh, Greenville who'd seen both of uh, uh, Gara and Margot play because we knew them for some of our photos, and they... They were raving about him. They were really excited. I mean, they obviously have a lot of, a lot of athletics, a lot, a lot of athletic skills that you always look for. The one thing that kind of gives me a little bit of a pause is just both of them. We'll get to the other two in a second. Is you know they both have kind of a little bit of a struggle on on base, even though they're kind of young. And just as you know, anybody who's done this for a while, and I'm I'm including you guys in that too. You know, there's a big jump from. Uh, a ball and Gary will be in high this year, but big jump from A ball to double A, and you know you kind of worry about how well he's going to adjust to uh, 
you know, to more a bigger variety of change-ups and breaking balls. But, yeah, there's a lot to like. I, I like the trade a lot. I thought it was very good. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm I'm pretty high on Logan Allen. Uh, I don't know if you've uh, had a chance to see him pitch, but he seems to have the, the proper mentality for, you know, growing and developing. And, you know, anything can happen when you're that age and, and you have your future ahead of you. But uh, your thoughts on, on him in particular? Yeah, I read your guys' article on him. I, I like that. That was that was very good. I mean, Logan Allen should be a lot of fun to watch. I mean, I think one thing I hope came through in our top 20 is, you know, the, the, one of the things to watch in the Padres' system this year is going to be the, the starting staff mm-hmm. at low A, Fort Wayne, which, you know, had five guys that made our top 20, uh, Logan Allen, Austin Smith, Jacob Nix, Aniel De Los Santos, and uh, Jose Castillo. All those guys are under 20. They all throw in the 90s, varying degrees. You know, Logan Allen is, you know, he's something everybody likes. He's 19. He put up some ridiculous numbers in the complex league. He throws in the low 90s. He's left-handed. He's got a good feel for a breaking ball and changeup. But, you know, you just have to see how well, you know, he's going to do over a full season. And, um, you know, I wish I could really accurately predict how well they would do. I'd have a lot more money than I do now if I could do that, but uh, that's yeah. kind of makes it fun. Definitely, definitely. You know, getting getting on that topic, um, mm-hmm. is there any particular player that you, that you know, your time in, in, in doing, covering the minor leaguers and stuff that you thought would succeed that just never succeeded? Uh, anybody in particular that you can think of? Oh, yeah. I think I said this to Padres and Pints last year. I mean, you can probably read about any one of our top 20 uh, rankings we've been doing since 2009. Just pick one out from there. Uh, you know, the one who comes out uh, kind of close is uh, is Jeff Decker. You know, mm-hmm. Jeff Decker really tore up uh, the A-ball legs, and he went up to double-A, had a big first month. And then um, he had a lot of trouble adjusting to, to uh, just being a little too patient. And he kind of totally changed the type of hitter he was. And, you know, he's, he's a guy now, he's with Tampa, he's got shot to be a fifth outfielder, and, you know, he's a, he's a good kid, he's a nice guy, I think uh, he might have a chance to stick there, but he's not anywhere near what, you know, people were projecting him to be, you know, Keith Law was another guy who was really wild about what he did in uh, Fort Wayne and uh, even in Lake Elsinore. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not an exact science, you know, scouts are often wrong, and it, it you just can't, uh, you can't count for the intangibles, I guess, that a, that a player has and possesses. Well, one thing that you see, and this is, I mean, like, you know, when we're talking about the, the top 20 or top 30 list, and, you know, you, you know this too because uh, you guys are putting things on the Internet, that gets the biggest amount of hits each year because it attracts people who follow minor leagues a lot and who just kind of want to glance at it, and it, it's fun to write and do, but it's kind of a, a false hierarchy because the minors are really – three different levels. And like if we go on Jeff Decker for for example, when mm-hmm. he was in like uh the complex leagues like the AZL or just when he was briefly in Eugene, if you can tell the difference between a ball and a strike, you're, you're going to be pretty successful. Yeah. You go up to A ball and you can learn to lay off maybe the the good slider or curveball that is the guy throws for a strike and believe that most of these guys can't repeat it a second time. Um, and wait for your pitch, you can just sit on some, something and hammer it. Jeff's problem got to be, you know, he went up to San Antonio and a guy had to throw a slider on the outside part of the plate and, you know, he'd take that and then he'd throw another one, he'd take that and suddenly he's on two and no one's going to have a whole lot of success when you're two strikes down. Mm-hmm. And 
that's one of the bigger things that kind of played into it. And, you know, it's kind of the same way for um, the opposite way for pitchers. And that's where a lot of athleticism really kind of takes over more at the double A level. Yeah, no, I, I, there is a huge jump between, uh, you know, lower levels and the higher mm-hmm. levels. And I'm definitely con- concerned, uh, slightly on, on Guerra, um, as far as his bat. I, I know that he had a, a jump as far as home runs this, this year. Yeah. Um, y- you know, his defense is reportedly really solid, but, you uh, know, defense people rave about, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, it's still concerning, like you say, to see, them succeed on the higher level against players that have, uh, you know, played in the major leagues or that will play in the major leagues opposed to low A-ball players that are kind of just, you know, feeling it out, if you will. Well, that's, that's always one of the biggest things when you go back to doing any of these rankings. You know, I, I used to read these, and it was fun, and I would sit there and go, oh, well, this guy had this guy at uh, number three or number four. He really should be number eight. What a, what an idiot. What a jerk. And you really <laughs> kind of got to just read about what the writer values like and what I value the most of all is you know as someone who's going to be roaming around the backfield starting on Thursday most of these you see most of these guys out there about 75 percent of them have some you know huge fastball they can hit the ball mile they can run there's something there because they're being paid to play Mm -hmm. but what really counts is how well you can perform it and do it over a certain amount of time so when I rank these guys, like I put a little more emphasis on someone who might be ready to help the team. And that's why I had, for example, Colin Ray at the top, because do I think Colin Ray has the most upside of any pitcher in the system? No. Do I think he has the most upside of any player? Probably not. Do I think Colin Ray has the best chance to help the Padres in 2016? Yeah. And I mean, if he can go in there and you know take the innings that Ian Candy did, for about nine point five million less, that's yeah. going to help the squad a lot. And, that, and you know, it's the same way with Travis Jankowski. Is Manuel Margot has a lot more talent from everyone I've heard than Jankowski does. Could he be better? He probably should be better. But Jankowski made a big jump last year in in Double A in terms of you know getting a better two strike approach, learning how to hit the inside pitch. And Jankowski's a plus defender. He can run. The big question on him is, will he ever kind of, when I talk about power, will he hit enough balls into the gaps to get enough doubles and triples to keep the the outfield honest? But right now, in 2016, I think he's slightly more valuable than Margot. My my colleagues disagreed with me, and we run a democracy at Mad Friar, so uh, Margot was higher. But, uh, you know, I mean, it's pretty close. Yeah, yeah. Margot's really impressed me with, you know, yeah. his bat speed and just the fact that he looks like he belongs at 20 years old to, to kind of hold your own at, you know, against major league pitching and, and spring training is, it's pretty impressive for the future of, the, of that young man. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty impressed with, with what I've seen from him so far. Well, I would caution you on one thing. Last year when I went to spring training, the mm-hmm. three guys I thought that just looked so impressive were uh, Michael Geddes. I thought Franchi Cordero looked great. Mm-hmm. I thought and, uh, Francisco Perez and all of them had, tough years and the one thing that you see out in Arizona at least I did is most pitchers have their velocity they don't really have all their command yet their change-ups aren't there and uh, their breaking pitches are a ways away so if you can hit a fastball and especially if you're a real rhythm hitter like all three of those guys were mm-hmm. you can pound the hell out of the ball when suddenly you go up to cold weather and guys have a little more touch and you can't quite have that big leg kick and shift all the way, it gets a little different. But, you know, 
I like the trade of Kimbrell. I like Guerra and Margot a lot and Allen. I assume, I think Ben, one of our writers, likes a little bit more than I do. Um, but yeah, it was a good trade. Yeah, no, it, we're definitely happy with the trade for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing about that trade. I wanted your, your thoughts on why you had Guerra above Margot in your rankings, because I saw it kind of flip-flopped in a few rankings. And yeah. my personal rankings, I think I had Margot ahead of Guerra. So wh- why Guerra ahead of Margot for you? Well, I mean, one thing, you can make a lot of good arguments why Margot should be ahead. And, I mean, I think the way anyone should look at these rankings is just, you know, what the guy does well, what he needs to work on, and what can cause him to go up. But to answer your question, I think Guerra is that's just harder to find. If Guerra actually pans out and he is a plus defender sh- defending shortstop who has a slugging percentage, which you could say could be in the 400s with some pop, to me, that's worth just a little bit more than a center fielder because a center fielder is a little slightly easier to find. But, you know, I mean, Margot could actually be a better player. I, I don't know. I have to see him more up front. I'd like to talk to some people who see him play on a, a daily basis. But you can certainly make that argument. Yeah, I think in, in terms of what the Padres needed, I think a shortstop's obviously higher up on the priority list. Right. I mean, center fielder, we have plenty of center fielders. I mean, maybe not the kind of impact talent you want, but in terms of shortstops, I think Guerra is definitely, I guess, more more necessary at this point in their development. Well, they actually have a few shortstops now. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you know, they got Rudy Girona. I'm sure you guys are going to chat about him. And then uh, yeah. Luis, Luis Urias. Um, a lot Rondon. of people, Yeah, Rondon is, a, I mean, I hope we didn't go too negative on that. I mean, yeah. all of us are not... I'm not Rock Dome fan, so yeah, I was gonna, that was one topic I wanted to cover. What, what, how he just fell off off of everyone's ranking. I think the biggest thing on Rondon is to, to quote my colleague David Jay, his slap and dash approach just does not work at, at upper levels. Yeah, I don't think he. I I think he has trouble with lateral movement, mm-hmm. and then if he doesn't play shortstop, he doesn't have the bat really to play second or third because all of his value offensively is wrapped up in his batting average. He doesn't walk. He doesn't steal bases. He, wor- then, he know, worries me. got a couple guys that are better than him, too. And Guerra right now and Jerome and Urias. And, I mean, God, you can even go down to Peter Vandermeer who had a nice year at Tri-Cities. So uh, there's something else. But if you're going on pure upside, that's something to dream about. I mean, the guy I like a lot is Gettys, but uh, that's a big question on the hit tool with him. Yeah, he 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 he's having trouble making contact, but he does have just unbelievable tools uh, from what I've read and seen. On, on, oh, he looks like he could play. He looks like he could be an outside linebacker on the Chargers. I mean, <laughs> and you watch him play defensively in center field. Baseball America had him as a top defensive outfielder, you know, at nineteen, and you know he just has a lot of good instincts. He covers ground. He's got a a solid arm. When you make, and the thing is, he can hit. If you watch him play, like I saw him play last year in Fort Wayne um, for a, about five games, is he's got he can hit the fastball, he can hit a changeup. What he just gets lost on is you throw him anything like up around his upper body, he just wants to hack that, and that's where he really strikes out on. And I know they were making a big effort to cut down a strike. I think he had some like 162 and 550 plate appearances. So, wow. you know, that has to go down. But, I mean, I, I'm kind of curious where they're going to put him this year. But, you know, if he if he looks like he has a better approach in spring, he'll be in Lake Elsinore, and you guys can go up there and uh, and check him out because he is, he is fun to watch. Yeah. yeah. He, he's one of those players that can, you know, 
can make an adjustment and really blossom at it at any time. And it's nice to have a toolsy player like that, that, you know, you're just waiting for him to finally just get it basically. Yeah. I mean, the thing is you talk to a lot of the guys who, who saw him play in high school, people like Jim Callis and that, and they, they say, you know, they've been kind of waiting on the hit tool to develop since he was a junior in high school. So, uh, <laughs> okay. so I don't know. I, I hope so. I mean, as, as all of Padres fans, I, I'd love to see him out there, uh, patrolling center field, but you know, it's it's a tough tough road. Yeah, no, I, I've I've seen like uh, Drew Stubbs comparisons to him, and it's kind of yeah. trouble when you see something <laughs> like that. Yes, that's not a great comparison. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's 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 talk some Trey Turner talk right here. Let me let me yes. hear your thoughts on on Trey Turner. Um, what you think his upside and what he will eventually be uh, in the major leagues. Man, I got dinged on that on Twitter a bunch of times last year because I kept saying he was the best player that I saw in the system last year. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, and I, I mean, I was trying to be honest. I mean, he looked really, really good. The thing on Trey Turner, supposedly, and that's what John Manuel of Baseball America said, is Don Welke, who's kind of a consigliere of, to A.J. Preller, <laughs> has always pointed out that he wants a shortstop with at least an 80 arm. And uh, no, not an 80, about a 60 arm. And uh, Turner uh-huh. has a good arm, but not – I thought he had a better arm than he was given credit for. I saw him make a lot of plays in San Antonio that were really good. Um, he looks like he's about 16, 17 years old. He's a big <laughs> yeah. swing. He makes a lot of contact. Maybe the best play I can give an example is I saw him play in San Antonio last year, and the guy on the mound, I think it was for Midland, was throwing really well. It was a one nothing game. Turner gets up and goes the opposite field, gets on base, takes a takes a, a pretty good lead. The guy has a couple throws back. On the third, about the second or third throw, the ball bounces off Turner's head and rolls toward right field. He gets up, takes one look back, and goes not, and just goes right around second and takes a head first slide in the third base on the outside on the outside part of the bag, beats mm-hmm. it about a good foot. Wow. And so after the game, we're asking him, yeah, I mean, how are you that confident what was going that you could make that turn? And he said, well, I knew they were trying to pick me off, so I might have a chance to go to third. I took a look. When, one look, I wanted to see who was picking up the ball. When I noticed it was the second baseman, I knew I had an extra step or something in me, so I just kept running, and I made the play. And, I mean, someone who could think that mm-hmm. quickly and about a, you know, and plan this out, and the guys you saw him play in San Antonio every day, Mike Sager, who's a play-by-play guy for the missions, absolutely loved him. But the one thing I guess maybe in favor of the Padres could be a little bit is if you look at that trade, you know, Will Myers is still the best player in that trade. Yeah. Maybe and maybe Guerra is a better shortstop than Turner. I know as someone who lives in Washington, I think Turner's gonna be the everyday shortstop in for the Nationals. I mean he's a but, you know, there was a lot of controversy when they picked him, too, as half the people thought he was a great pick. The other half thought he was uh, just a, a skinny little college shortstop whose yeah. big swing was not going to play in higher levels. But uh, mm-hmm. he's a he's a really confident person if you get a chance to talk to him. He's, he's uh-huh. well aware of what he's going to do. I actually, actually um, got on Trey Turner's bad side. I... Um... I tweeted about how we won the trade because we have Will Myers and he's obviously the more 
I guess well known of the of the three. Yeah. And he actually um he I he I call it a hate like. He hate liked my tweet. Nice. Basically saying that that he wasn't I didn't say he wasn't good. I'm just I'm just saying that Will Myers is better and I think I think I got on his bad side. So if, if he becomes a superstar, <laughs> I think it's on me. Well, he's a, he's a pretty, you know, he, he likes all, when I interviewed him, he liked all the, the questions. I mean, what did he say about, he said all these guys, the writer, he said the writers, and he looked at me, he said, no offense. He goes, but they come in here and they, they see me play one game or something like that. And they kind of write what they want, but I'm the type of player that you got to see play every day because I'm getting better every day. Every single day I'm improving on something and I'm going to show everybody that I can play. And if you look at his numbers, we did in the Padres organization with uh, Fort Wayne and we did last year in San – I mean, when he left San Antonio, he was, he was leading the club in home runs. He was in the team in slugging percentage. And this wow. is a guy who's about – I mean, he's about maybe six one or six two. He might weigh a hundred and seventy, soaking wet. I mean, <laughs> but he can he can run. He has a tremendous intellect. He makes all the plays. But um, yeah, I mean, it, it is what it is. If you know, it's, if Will Myers is healthy, and uh, I mean, I kind of agree with Patrick that if he's healthy, uh, it's probably a good trade. The guys who made a bad trade was Tampa. Oh, they got <laughs> ripped. Yes. Ripped. Yes, Steven Souza is not the kind of player that I think Turner or Ross could be. No, Ross is Ross is probably going to be in the rotation too. So yeah. Ross is a pretty Ross is a pretty nice pickup too. You know, a lot of the guys the Padres made those trades with um, last year are all in the top ten or top twenty in Baseball America. You know, Jake Bowers with Tampa, Malik Smith in the, with Atlanta. Yeah. I think Zach Eflin's in the top twenty with the Phillies, and uh, you know, but. You know, you can kind of see reasons both not to trade him and to trade him. So um, it, it's kind of a tough call. Yeah, Trey Turner is the only guy I really – I don't want to say regret trading, but he's the only one that I'm really going to miss, I think. I mean, the rest of them have talent, but it's not yeah. – I mean, at the, at the time, most of the trades at least made some sense. I mean, forget the Matt Kemp trade because that was a disaster right. in my opinion. But <laughs> as a whole, I think most of the moves at least at least made sense on paper. Yeah, you know, a lot of a lot of things I think people miss when they're talking about the trades last year. What was you know, it's, it's people like us who are you know Padres fans and who uh, who follow the team for a long time. Is Preller gave just a lot of hope mm-hmm. to to people, and I think that's why so many fans are really don't want to blame him for this. I mean, it's like you know he he tried. The yeah. worst thing that could have happened. To the Padres, if they hired a new GM, if a guy came in and said, well, you know, guess what? Uh, we're going to build through the farm system. Uh, we're going to, it's going to be a while till we win. And it's going to take four or five years. We're going to be bad. And I just think he would have been killed. Yeah, <laughs> I just yeah. don't think that would go over that well. I mean, you know, I think they're building up pretty well. They're, you know, I think what one thing you could see with the Padres farm system is, you know, by next year, they're going to have six picks in the first 85. They have a lot of – I think they got some decent talent at the A-ball levels. They're going to have three, you know, potentially major league outfielders in El Paso. Um, yeah, it's not a bad system. It could be a lot better within a year from now. Okay. I think they've already taken a pretty big step over the last year to get it better in terms of the trade they made with Kimbrel. Um, right. obviously, obviously, June's going to help a lot with, the, with those six picks. So I think they're well on their way to being a top – 
I'd say top 15 system by the end of the year, in my opinion. you got to be careful, though, because I remember, as I said, I've been doing this for a while. In 2007, <laughs> they had, I think they had six picks in, oh, the, yes. in uh, oh, the round. Yes, yes. And you guys can look that up, and you can talk Mitch, about you know, Mitch Canham and Danny Payne and yes. uh, people like that. But, you know, it's a different it's a different regime than it was yeah, then. Yeah. So, uh, no, but it's I, tough. Yeah, I wrote I wrote a piece exactly on that on that 1999 draft. And it, it was horrible. Um, no, this is a, no that that one was horrible too. I'm, oh, I'm the, more recent. 2007 wasn't about a great one too. Okay, okay. so but 99 that's yeah, the, that's the bigger one. Yes, yeah that that one was a bad draft. You know, in the, the Padres also have some international uh, money coming in that they should be able yeah. to sign uh, players in July. So I, I'm expecting the farm system to get a huge boost. Um, John, have you have you had any uh, uh, scouting that you've done on uh, on Lazaro Arment, Arment, Armenteros, or do you have any thoughts on him, or if the Padres um, are going to go that route uh, as far as filling out their farm system? Yeah, that that I don't have. The guy who we've assigned to that at Matt Friars, who now has a a pretty good contact with uh, Jeremy Rodriguez, who does a lot of stuff with uh, who's the manager of the Dominican Summer League team, uh-huh, is, uh-huh. Uh, is Kevin Charity. And uh-huh. uh, Kevin's going to do even more work for us this year with uh, the DSL guys. And uh, so Kevin Kevin can talk about those guys much better than I can. The thing uh-huh. about those guys that gets very difficult is they, they put up numbers in, in a complex league, and for them, a huge jump is is just going to the Midwest League. Suddenly, it's not as it cold. Um, they're playing 140 games. There's people in the stands, and uh, it's just a really big culture shock. Some of these guys, some some of them balloon up. Some some of them put on like 40 and 50 pounds just because uh, you know they got they got as much food as they want to eat. Yeah, exactly. So uh, it's it's a it's a really big adjustment. But I know that. The guys who are running system, uh, you know, like AJ and Sam, they're really uh, they're really big on Latin American guys like that. Yeah, being that that's AJ's uh, forte, I would imagine that the Padres will eventually branch out into that market. Yeah, I mean, they have a big uh, Dominican complex there, and they just haven't had a lot of luck. Probably the best guy, most famous one coming out of there was uh, – Reimer Liriano, who just went over to Milwaukee. Yeah. A couple years ago, they had one prospect uh, who didn't really pan out, Simon Ca- Simon Castro. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Tehran Guerrero is someone some people like a little bit. He's a he's a big uh, hard thrower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you more- know what? What are your thoughts on 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 Reimer and uh, you know what the issues with him as far as um, not succeeding and not taking his game into the next level? He, I mean, he has all the tools. He has the talent. It's just. It was frustrating for Padre fans to see him not, you know, progress, if you will. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of guys who are in, um, a lot of guys who are in the minors, they kind of need a, a rabbi or someone kind of to watch them and and give them uh, a bunch of chances. I mean, in in a way, the minor leagues are a little bit like um, you can kind of hear a drop. A, yeah, I went to grad school, drop a literary reference on you. It's like Animal Farm. It's like, you know, all prospects are equal, but some are more equal than others. I mean, <laughs> it depends how many chances they're going to get. A great example is, you know, years ago, uh, Grady Fuson was a big, big supporter of Will Venable. And Will Venable, you know, did okay in, in low A, 
but he was kind of old. And then, you know, Grady skipped him up to double A and San Antonio where he didn't really do that well. He, I mean, he couldn't throw it all from right field, but he really believed in him and he turned out to be an, you know, an okay pro. I mean, so maybe it was Weimar Liriano that, you know, he's kind of was a, a guy from uh, past regimes. He went up to the majors. He wasn't used to seeing, he wasn't used to seeing the fastballs inside the plate because for about two years, everyone just threw him a bunch of junk on the outside. So it was kind of an adjustment and he may have wanted a little too much. And, uh, and, you know, the, just a personnel change. I mean, with the contract that Patrick talked about, Matt Kemp's there. You know? Yeah, yeah. And they have Justin, and I don't know why they hung on to Justin Upton as long, but he was there. But they seem to be, uh, they want someone else. And, yeah, you can even make a good case that, you know, Alex Dickerson had a better year than Reimer did last year. Anyhow, and he's left-handed. But there's some questions about, about his swing, about how long it is, if he can really adjust. And, I think they're more in love with Hunter Renfro, but there's a, you know, Hunter's kind of a really interesting guy. Yeah. Let's a lot of bad days. Okay. I mean, he has a rocket arm. I mean, I, I've seen it yeah. a couple times, and it's just, wow, it's impressive, the, the arm strength that he has. Oh, everything Hunter does athletically is impressive. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. we need to talk to guys on on the teams. They'll talk about how big a park was, and then they'll say, you know, even Hunter had a little bit of a problem in that batting practice. And not that he couldn't <laughs> do it. He just had to wait. <laughs> to do it. So, I mean, the, the thing with Hunter is just um, he's he's a very raw talent. He didn't even play – he didn't really play that much in college. So, I mean, a lot of times on bats, if you watch him play compared to some other players – he seems like he doesn't have as much of a, a plan, at least at the plate. I caught him in May in San Antonio when he was really having a tough time. But, I mean, he he, he picked it up. They they benched him for a couple of times. Not really benched him. They had him sit down to kind of rework his swing. And, uh, you know, he, he put up some great numbers in El Paso. I mean, that's probably where he's going to be this year. And you know, I think if the Padres can find a taker on Matt Kemp, um, but I wouldn't count on that. If they did, <laughs> they would uh, – I think they would box him away as quick as they could and put him in for the right field. Are you are you breaking hot news for us that the, the Padres found the taker for Matt Kemp? Is that what I heard? <laughs> I think maybe in fantasy land I would. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't, one I, can only hope. Yeah, I don't see that one. I mean, I, it always cracks me up when people say, um, like, I deal with Kemp. They'd say, well, it depends what they would get back. I mean, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could give us a bag of balls for all I care. Pretty much. And even then, I mean, they can be used. I mean, that'd be yeah. fun, you know. But, I mean, uh, you know, Kemp could probably have some value as a DH. He just – you feel sorry. You see him, he tries really hard out there, and right? He just can't move. Yeah, he yeah. just spins his wheels out there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he just – poor guy's been beat up so much. But um, maybe he'll maybe have a better year. I still yeah. think he should play first base over Myers, but – that's not gonna happen. So yeah, first base. You know, first base is a, a more difficult position than all of us think. You know, all of us who league and and that is kind of just a big kid who plays over there. But you know, when you see a guy, you know, someone who got to watch, uh, God, the, the guy who was named the Big Donkey, uh, right. guy, Adam Dunn. Yeah. I watched Adam Dunn play some first base for the National. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> anything that was below his waist, it was like whoa, you know. <laughs> 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 so, you, know, you want to see a good first baseman. Myers, I think, could, I was kind of shocked Myers didn't try him at third base. But I'd actually mentioned that to someone, and they were they thought I was crazy. But 
<laughs> Manning puts him third in the minors, and the yeah, yeah, the catcher at first. So mm-hmm. he's definitely an athlete, so that definitely helps him yeah. out. Definitely. Okay, uh, John. Um, you know, let's talk about the the Padres' uh, three headed catching monster that they have right now. Um, okay. he, Hedges is, you know, he's really seems to be progressing um, further than the Padres had anticipated. Um, do you? foresee the Padres uh, starting off with him in the minor leagues, or do you see them trying to facilitate a trade of uh, either him or Norris? Well, Hedges is a really interesting guy because I've been lucky enough. I talked to Jason McLeod, who was the guy who who drafted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Padres is now with the Cubs, and he would always rave about him. But he said the toughest thing about Hedges is that he thought he was a good hitter, but he wasn't, he wasn't as good a hitter he wasn't as good an offensive player as he was defensively. It didn't mean it wasn't going to catch up, but he thought it was really important to kind of have him go one step at a time. So when he was his first year, he stayed the whole year in Fort Wayne. He had about 275. I think he had about 320 on base, a little bit of power. And, but just, I saw him play was just an amazing defensive catcher. And the infielders would complain. They'd say, you have no idea what happens if you catch one of Austin's balls in the palm of your hand on a cold day. I mean, you learn really well how to catch his. Yeah, just great. He yeah, very yeah. well. He went up to Lake Elsinore next year. They had a new regime, of course. He gets injured. He comes back in about three weeks. He hits well. And then A.J. Hinch kind of pushed this over Randy Smith. From what I understood, I don't have – that's a lot of speculation there, to be fair. And they promote him to double A. And he struggled at the plate, but he was just, you know, a very good defensive catcher. Then the next year he struggled the whole time. They decided to move him up. They didn't want him to go a third year in San Antonio. He hits well for a month there. And then that was a big thing about what would be good for his development. And the Padres were kind of all in last year, and they thought he was the best replacement there, and they could do a bunch of things. It was really kind of uh, controversial. Um you know, because I think a lot of people hit well the first time through the AAA, and once they figure him out, then things get a little different. I still think it would have been better if they kept him there for about a year. As where he is right now, I don't know. I'm going to be interested to see what he can do in camp. Defensively, I think he's the best guy there by far. I can't imagine someone better. The, the, the whole question is what is the bat is going to do, and it kind of brings you back to what makes minor leagues really interesting for me is – you're trying to think about, um, you know, when is the proper time to promote somebody? And, you know, when do you call them up? Because you don't want to send them back down. And yeah, uh, yeah. that gets yeah, kind of yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, there's definitely a fine line with dealing with their psyche and, and not, I mean, baseball is a mental game. So you want to make sure that they're in the right frame of mind. Uh, when they're being sent down and stuff. So it's interesting to me to see what the Padres are going to do because Hedges is obviously increasing his value. He's he's starting to get it offensively. And uh, I, I would imagine that teams are going to start to ask the Padres about him or, Nor- or Norris for that matter. Yeah, Norris has fans in San Diego and all that. I mean, I'm sure quite a few would be upset. But, yeah, I think Hedges is, uh, is the future and uh, – It'll kind of be interesting seeing which way they're they're going to go. But uh, he's always been a very polished guy. He was even that way when you talked to him in, in Fort Wayne when he was 19 years old. So uh, he's always been impressive. Nice. Okay, John. Uh, you know, 
Patrick and I had a had a little bit of a debate uh, before we uh, we came on with you about the the Bryce Harper Goose Gossage uh, situation. I'd yeah. love to hear your thoughts on uh, both guys' comments and uh, you know where you stand uh, on the issues. Oh, I like Bryce Harper. I mean, you know, one thing is interesting is I got to. I can't, I, usually, I don't deal with the Padres that much. I, we go out and we do this stuff with the minor league teams. Occasionally, we. Uh, you know, have something to do and we want to interview somebody. And so when the Padres came into D.C., there was some player that came up and I wanted to interview him, so I had press credentials. And I went down to the locker room and they got done early. So I went over to the Nationals locker room. I just wanted to see what Harper looked like. And Harper hit his first home run that day. And, uh, you know, he gets in there and the crowd gives him a standing ovation. He goes up to the top step, waves his hat, and says, like, thank you, and goes back down. And one of the guys in there was just going, you know, were you trying to show up the pitcher? Do you think it was? Blah, blah, blah. And he answered the same question about three times. He goes, that was my first home run I ever hit in the major league. I think it was either his first, either first home run or, or first home run he hit at home. I was just really happy. They were giving me, I mean, what was I supposed to do? And so I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, everybody thinks they were a lot better than they were. I think at any age, uh, as you get older. You know, you find that out when you're out there playing basketball and you think, oh, God, I'm getting sold. I couldn't do this. And you, then you start thinking, well, wait a minute. If I could do all the things I think I, I think I, I used to be able to do, I would have been a lot better than I was. So uh, maybe Gossett just has a little bit of the get-off-your-lawn thing from being old. <laughs> you know, I, I was telling Patrick that I think a lot of the, the older players just have, um, you know, just this – resentment if you will for the amount of money that players make nowadays you know maybe it's not something that they they know or are willingly do but i think a lot of them do have resentment and and they want to see them you know play the game a certain way the way their dads taught them to play you know obviously the game's changed over the past 130 yeah, but years that's, you know that as someone who likes history a lot i mean that's you know, you can. I finished a, a biography of Ty Cobb. Uh-huh. Ty Cobb would sit there in the twenties and then crap on Babe Ruth. Oh, no one wants to see that. You know, it's it's just big, big fat guy bashing up all over the fence. You know, you <laughs> want to see the, the old style, and people always say things like that. But yeah. uh, that's what kind of makes baseball a lot of fun. I had a chance to talk with Ted Leitner um, last year, who does basketball games, and I said, you know, if you went out in spring training. And you said, you know, four or five years ago, I love watching Mike Trout. He reminds me of a young Mickey Mantle, my old partner Jerry Coleman told him about when he first saw him. And we'd be, all of us would be listening to, wow, you know, Ted really has it on the ball. He knows what's going on. And, and this, I said, and if you broadcast a San Diego State Aztecs game, and you're talking about a center, and, you know, Ted went to Oklahoma State, he said, man, he reminds me of Bob Kerlin up there. You know, that, that, that sky hook, the first guy, seven-footer, and you'd go, Who's curling? And gosh, maybe Ted's ready for the home right now. I mean, you know, we shouldn't be talking about this that much. And I think that's what kind of makes, to me, it makes baseball a lot of fun. And even the Hall of Fame debates, it's people love, you know, it's like it's the game your dad, your grandfather, your great grandfather watched. And everyone goes kind of back and forth about who could do something or how the game was played. Yeah, no, I, I, it's it's I, I definitely see it. it's something that it, you know it, it affects people, everyone in different ways, if you will. And, and I, you yeah. know, I would, baseball is like life. You know, there's ups and downs, there's different personalities, and in, in the end, it, it, what's good for the game will 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 wear will win out. And it, you know, it's just something that uh, there's always going to be something, whether it's Tim Flannery making comments or something. It's always going to be something that you know the 
older generation is not going to like about the younger generation. And in 50 years from now, we're going to hear Bryce Harper harping about someone else. You know, it's, yeah. it's just it's just how it is. Well, you know, I was up in Canada for my for my other job, and uh, I was up there when Bat- Batista hit that home run. Oh, and wow. let me put, put it this way: I mean, that was not considered a negative thing up there. I, I must have saw it on television about twenty times. Was <laughs> you know, they'd start off a show with Batista's bat flip. I mean, I thought it was fun. I mean, he was happy. I mean, what's he supposed? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, it, I mean, it is. I'm I'm baseball traditionist, but slowly, I, you know, that's it's part of the game. And if it's something that's caught up in in the excitement and it's a moment like that, then of course you should be happy. You know, in I don't think pitchers necessarily take offense to it, or, or they shouldn't. It. But you know, there's it's it's tough. There's always going to be that one guy in the clubhouse who has that old school mentality, or you know, it's just it's it, it is what it is. Well, you remember probably you're older like me. You can remember watching Al Harbowski, the Matt Hungarian. Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, he was fun. I mean, I don't know if he was showing up to batter or anything like <laughs> that. It was it was fun. He'd sit there yeah. and psych himself up and yeah. Yeah. yeah, he he he. Yeah, there's always been showmen in the game, you know, and and that's part of the game, and it's it's just uh, it's what makes it beautiful, if you will. Yeah. All right, John. You know, we we ran actually a little over, but um, we are you know we're happy to talk to you. We we'd love to have you on again. It's just uh, there's just so much to talk about that we uh, we actually just scratched the surface of what, of what we wanted to discuss with you. But you know, thank you so much for taking the time to come out and, and talk to us, John. Yeah, anytime. Thank you very much for having me on. And uh, if you want to, you can get in touch with me when I uh, go out to El Paso or San Antonio. I'll talk to you guys in between having barbecue. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> that sounds good. We'd love to hear some uh, vital information from you guys. And, uh, you know, for our listeners, uh, you can find John at Mad Friars uh, on Twitter or uh, Padres.scout.com. Um, Mad Friars brings very quality uh, minor league material, and, and you guys should really check it out if, you're, if you haven't already. Hey, thank you very much for all the nice words. Thanks, no worries. John. Thank you, John. We appreciate you coming on, and, and you, uh, have a great day, man. You too. Take care, John. Hey, take care, Patrick. Hey, one other thing for Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, Patrick, You, I saw on your Twitter you got a degree in international relations. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's what I got my my degree in, too. Yeah, I'm not, not quite sure what I'm doing with it, but <laughs> it's a start. <laughs> you know, it's good at graduate school, man. I didn't know that's why I live in D.C. now. It took me a while to figure that out, too. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be the plan for me at some point. Uh, just relaxing for now, though. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fun. Well, never need any help on schools for grad school on that. Let me know. I went to America, and I can tell you what the graduate program was like or anything like that. I have been looking at that school. That's good to know. Right. Yeah, I just paid off my last student loan, I think. No, that's coming up in about, uh should be about three, four months after about 18 years. So you Oh, have- man, congratulations on that. I'm debt free so far, but we'll see. Well, American, if you go to American, they'll change that. Oh yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) All right, thanks so much for coming on, John. Take care. All right, take you guys. Have a good night. All right, folks. Well, that was uh, John Connor from uh, Mad Fires uh, joining us and uh, talking a little bit of Padre baseball uh, with uh, emphasis on the minor leaguers. Um, You know, it's nice to get uh, someone who's actually gone out and and seen them play on on a daily basis. It's nice to get his. uh, his thoughts on things, Patrick. Yeah, definitely. He's he's been around. I mean, he knows what he's talking about. He's seen plenty of these guys play. Um, he knows what to look for, how to how to judge the talent. So, definitely a good perspective to have. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining us uh, on our podcast. Uh, we should have another podcast out uh, sometime next week. Um, let me see. A uh, couple news and notes, uh, Padre wise. 
Uh, it appears that Corey Brock is stepping down uh, from his position at uh, MLB, um, which is kind of uh, surprising. Uh, Patrick and I were discussing that uh, beforehand. So um, we wish him the best of luck. Uh, we are anticipating his replacement. I don't know uh, if Patrick's going to be getting a call or anything. Ha <laughs> ha. can only <laughs> wish. Yeah. We do need to get Corey on the on the podcast still, though. So Yeah, seriously. So I don't you, think it's too late. No, yeah. Corey, yeah. if you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> if you're out there. All right. Uh, thank you so much, folks. Um, Patrick, you want to send us out with... Uh... Yeah, as, as always, follow us on Podbean. That's where we are hosted. We're also on iTunes. Um, give us give James a follow on Twitter, Homegrown Padres. Uh, I'm Patrick Brewer 93 on Twitter. Uh, keep posted on East Village Times. Uh, we got new material every day. And that's about it, James. All right. Thank you so much, folks. Uh, East Village Times Podcast, signing out. <laughs>